Thank you for joining us. This is Paul Wilson. And Chris Emke. And you're listening to the Diesel Performance Podcast. Chris, this week at Duramax Tuner, uh, we have some big news on the turbo front. Before you jump into that, I just wanted to remind everybody our Stealth Boost Tester kits are out. We have now added the 1994 to 2020 uh, Cummins compressor inlet adapter. So pretty much any Cummins you have, 5.9 or 6.7, we now have a compressor inlet adapter that's going to bolt right up to the front of that or clamp right up to the front of that and allow you to boost properly boost test the entire charged air system. So I'm really excited for that piece to be released. Uh, guys, I've been getting a ton of questions on Facebook about it. So jump on. It's on the website. Grab yourself one. Let's talk about the importance of that real quick, Paul, because it's not just a, a boost tester, okay? A lot of the boost testers, and when you go online to look up boost testers, they usually go through the air charge pipe, okay? The the hot charge pipe off of the turbocharger. That's right. The stealth boost tester goes into the inlet of the compressor housing, which you would be surprised how many compressor housing and center sections where those two pieces mate cause leakage. Do you know it's so funny you say that, Chris? I was just back talking with the turbo guys, yeah. and, and they've been, we'll buy new turbos yeah. and then break them down and then start to machine them out and build build our stealths, right? So they were taught, I was asking them, I said, well, how many of these new turbos do you boost test? And they started laughing and walked me over and actually hooked one up and boost tested a brand new, directly from the manufacturer turbo, boost like right at the compressor cover seal and he's like this is 10 psi and there's no way this would go on a new truck and not have a boost leak and we've seen it we've had newer trucks come in and out of the dealer they can't figure out what's going on having premature emissions issues sluggishness off the line with throttle response which is already terrible from the factory so it's compounded that much worse emissions equipment issues way too early so it's it's one of those things guys you know guys call in all the time right what do you recommend for maintenance what do you recommend for this and that well, oil changes, fuel filter changes, and honestly, I would be doing a boost test every other oil change just to be on the safe side. What's nice with these testers is it's a drop-in replacement style turbo support. So it's OEM, okay? Yep. And it's any of the drop-in turbos that are on the market. It doesn't have to be our stealth turbo per se. If you have a stock turbo for a Duramax or a stock turbo on a Cummins, or you have a drop-in replacement from one of the many competitors in the space, this will work. And yep. we have specific kits for LB7. And then the VVT, which is 04.5 to 16 Duramax. We have the new one for the L5P, yeah. the 2.8 Duramax. And then, like you said, the Cummins from 94 to 21. That's right. We'll have some more coming in the pipeline, working on some final test fitments and a few other models. Uh, so, guys, if you have a request, if you got a truck, we don't currently have a inlet adapter for you. Get a hold of me. Yeah, let me know. Let us uh, know. Hit us up on the Diesel Performance Podcast yeah. Facebook group, fans of Diesel Performance Podcast, or shoot us a message on the page. Another great group you guys can go to uh, is going to be up at the Canadian Diesel. Um, oh man, I just forgot the name. Don't don't hate me, guys. I'm so sorry. Uh, but our Canadian, Diesel Trucks of Ontario. Well, he he is he is also in with it. Um, okay. But. Um, just it is the Canadian Diesel <clears throat> Performance Group. Thank you. Uh, sorry about that, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely want to check that that page out. Cool. Uh, and I think the other big thing that we have kind of in the pipeline and what's currently been going on is the release of the Stell 67 G2 L5P Turbo. Boom. That's a big one, Paul. You just you dropped it with with so little emphasis. Because <clears throat> I'm, I'm I am already tired of talking about it. <laughs> Um, it's been a two-year process. This has been something that us at the shop, we've been working on 
in and out for a long time. Um, Paul from the marketing side, and how many times have we had trucks on the dyno trying to get numbers out of it, and the turbochargers didn't ha- you know hadn't panned out, and then COVID took place, and it put a further delay on us having test chargers and the development with the exhaust side of things that we've been working on. So uh, you know we're finally able to uh, you know release that turbo, and Chris, it's been well recepted. One of the things I'm really excited to talk about and highlight about that turbo <laughs> is the um, nozzle ring. So that yeah. that's your vane cage and vane assembly. Uh, on the back, on the the turbine side of the truck. So that's what's going to allow you to spool up quickly, to run a larger turbine wheel, which is basically the engine for your compressor wheel. So all of your drivability, your peak power, most of that is determined, I'm sorry, and the versatility of the turbo is all really determined by the relationship between your turbine wheel, your nozzle ring, and your exhaust housing. And that's something that really did take two to three years to dial in to get it perfect. And now we have a a charger that makes 675 to 700 horsepower on stock fuel, 750 plus on modified fuel. This is going to be something that makes guys take their L5P to the next level, plain and simple. I think the big big thing here too is, is... It's, it's about efficiency, okay? Boost pressure, boost pressure versus drive pressure and how those two numbers correlate to talk about the engine's efficiency to pump air in and out because essentially an engine is an air pump. How efficiently can you bring air into the engine? How does it pump that air back out of the engine? Um, so maybe with this link, we can do that, uh, put the link for that blog, Paul, that you did yeah. last year. We were just talking about that offline, um, which kind of illustrates a comparison side by side of what a factory vein cage looks like compared to the Stell 67 G2 vein cage in, in nozzle ring. Absolutely. So I think once you see it, you'll have a really good understanding of where the restrictions on that turbo really stand. Um, but guys, they're they're flying off the shelf. The demand <laughs> is there. So, you know, it's really cool to see, you know, the fruit of labor, you know, you put so much time into that and now there's you know, people are recepting it really well. That's right. Yeah, there's a lot of customer demand. Guys, want to give a couple <clears throat> caveats on this product. It is pre-sale, so you're not going to find it on the Duramax Tuner website. We have not released the product video. Yep. Uh, you can contact Chris Emke directly yep. if you would like pricing and availability. You should expect up to a six- to eight-week turnaround time on getting those shipped out. Uh, so just things to be aware of. Uh, Chris, real quick, I want to kick it over to, well, to kick us off, our brand new sponsor that I'm so excited and yeah. so grateful to have on the show. Guys, we love XDP. I've been working with them for years. I used to go out to the U.S. Uh, Truck and Nationals and always attend their open house. It's a great group of guys filled with actual enthusiasts that really they know what they're doing. And also they have probably one of the best product catalogs in all yeah. of diesel performance. Specialty tool of the week. The XDP Whiff Wrench XD128 is a must-have for any GM Duramax owner. It makes removing and replacing your factory water and fuel sensor a breeze. The XDP Whiff Wrench is specifically designed for the 12-sided plastic water and fuel sensor that is easily damaged by other tools like pliers and vice grips. As an added bonus, the opposite side of the wrench is slotted to remove the plastic air bleeder screw with ease, preventing possibly rounding off the screw head. It is precision machined 12-sided wrench that perfectly fits your water and fuel sensor. It's made out of high quality T6061 aluminum. It's black anodized finished with an engraved XDP logo and the bleeder screwdriver on the opposite end. And of course, my favorite part, it's all made in the USA. 
You guys know today's other sponsor is Exergy Performance, and today we're talking about their winter, winter blend fuel additive. Now, this is SKU numbers E0900014 and also 00016. Uh, it depends on what size bottle you want. This supports all diesel vehicles, so if you're listening to the show, you presumably will want to perk up here and go grab yourself some of this stuff. Chris and I are right now under the way on doing some testing with it ourselves. Exergy Performance Diesel Additive Winter Blend provides the ultimate in protection and longevity for the diesel injectors and fuel pumps by increasing the fuel's lubricity to exceed the recommendations of the Engines Manufacturers Association and provides exceptional protection against corrosion. The Winter Blend chemically alters diesel fuel to ensure engines remain operable in freezing climates by reducing paraffin wax precipitation. Cold starts, fuel economy, and power are also improved by increasing the diesel fuel's cetane by up to five points and cleaning internal components. Also, uh, we always want to give our shout out to another one of our sponsors is WC Fab. That's Worldly Custom Fabrication. Today, we're talking about their 2017 to 2019 L5P Duramax 4-inch intake kit with airbox. Uh, This is WCF. 100344. The WC Fab 2017 to 2019 GM L5P 6.6 liter Duramax 4 inch intake kit and airbox is the high flow fabricated aluminum intake pipe and airbox enclosure with dry filter assembly that replaces the restrictive plastic factory parts on your diesel. This will improve your overall engine performance. This all-new design significantly increases airflow to your turbo, producing improved horsepower and torque, quicker throttle response, and cooler intake temperatures by drawing cold air through the ram air duct and inner fender. Their all-aluminum construction features a large diameter 4-inch piping with smooth aerodynamic bends to improve intake air velocity, volume, and provide more aggressive engine and turbo sound during acceleration. High-quality hardware, silicone boot, seals, and stainless steel T-bolt clamps enclosures are optimum for durability with ease of installation. The removable airbox lid allows for easy visual inspection and maintenance of your WC Fab filter with included hydrophobic pre-filter cover. This will help keep your MAF sensor, turbo, and engine airways contaminant-free. The critical Ram air duct seal has been moved to the bottom of the hood for a clean engine compartment appearance. Full assembly finished in your choice of WC Fab's signature custom powder coat colors for a look that's unique to your truck. This installs easily with basic hand tools, does not require any additional tuning, and is completely bolt-on, and it'll fit with no other required modifications. It is not compatible with the WC Fab intake resonator pipe. Chris, one of my favorite parts about doing the show is when the Calibrated Power presents our special guest. Uh, Sometimes we have on experts who know everything about their topic, and sometimes we have on guys who are just new to diesel. And that's why today I'm really excited to hear from Alan Sherwood. Alan, how the hell are you? Doing excellent. How are you doing? I'm doing great, man. Thank you so much for for sending me an email and for for coming on the show today. Uh, Alan is a somewhat newer listener, uh, but has done quite a bit of 
condensed listening. Uh, some binge, some binge episodes there. Uh, and shout out to me a couple of questions that I thought would make for a really nice piece here on the show. Uh, so, Alan, just get us started here. How did you first get started with diesel performance? Well, I've always been into gasoline performance with muscle cars and I've always had gas trucks and had a 22-foot camper that my truck would find and then upgraded to a 32-foot camper. So at that point, I convinced my wife I needed a new truck and I bought a Duramax. Got the 2005 LLY crew cab, short bed, and what in day difference telling with the um, diesel versus the gas truck. Yeah. Never really, Go ahead. Never really thought about um, doing the upgrade to it when I first got it. Loved the way it towed. But then a friend of mine actually turned me onto your podcast and doing some research online. It, you know, opened a door of a whole bunch of options that I can do to the truck. God, do I love hearing that. Hey, listen, if you get into a fight with the wife, feel free to blame us on the podcast. I have no problem with that. Uh, that goes out to all of our listeners. Uh, we don't mind being your scapegoat. Uh, if you had to say Paul told me to do it, I'm okay with that. Um, that that's awesome, man. No, no. Okay. So, so we, we, so many times when we have guys on the show, they've been around diesel because their dad was around diesel. They've been doing it forever. I always like to talk to somebody that's a little bit more fresh to the industry as a whole. Um, where it sounds like like your exposure to diesel and, and diesel performance is really out of necessity. I, I mean, you're, you're who GM was thinking of when they built the Duramax, right? The guy who upgraded trailers, has had a gas truck forever, and, and now you're going to need something bigger, something more torque to really move this thing around. Um, it, it is such a night and day difference to tow with a gas truck compared to towing w- with your diesel. And, and I know me, when I had towed with gas trucks, I was always said like, oh, it's fine. It tows fine. It tows fine. And then you get into your first stock Duramax, and you're like, oh, it tows great. It's so much better than the gas. And then after a little while, you're like, ooh, well, I guess it could be better. Um, and, and that's where it starts, man. I love it. Yeah. Yep, that's exactly where I'm at right now. Now, give me a rundown on this LLY. Um, I caught a couple of your notes. I just want you to kind of describe it for our listeners at home. Well, being from... Uh, New England, I'm in Connecticut. It was hard to find one that was you know, all rotted out and one that was, wasn't already, you know, molested and modified. And I looked at a bunch of trucks, finally found um, this 05. It was actually a Honda dealership, a little mom-and-pop Honda dealership. So went, test drove the truck, um, up with, you know, an offer and made the deal. Well, the day I brought the truck home, the coolant light came on, and come to find out, the head gaskets were gone. Pushing coolant out the overflow. And so, luckily, the guy stood behind the deal, and he worked with me and found it up. Had the head gaskets replaced, um, did ARP studs, had the heads all redone, you know, valve job and all that. So, it's got a good, you know, Got a gasket on it now, and just looking to uh, get a little more out of it. Looking to take it to the next level. I love it. Okay, so you did the ARP head studs, and then you you also did the the turbo mouthpiece, right? So that's already upgraded. Yes, I did do a turbo mouthpiece. Uh, now, when I did that, a lot of you know, a lot of 
things that I read were recommending to do like a PVC reroute and all that, which sure. I did not do. I want to keep the truck basically as stock looking as possible. I don't really want to mess with too much to, you know, I want it to be reliable. Okay. I dig that. Now, Connecticut, uh, how much elevation do you guys get into out there? Are you, are you cresting through like the Appalachian mountains? You're hitting, you know, 3000, 5,000 foot of elevation. Or are you pretty close to sea level? Uh, pretty close to sea, uh, sea level. Um, the northern part of the state gets a little higher, but not too bad. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. And then uh, let's talk about using the truck. So I know it's primarily for towing. Do you also commute in this truck? Do you daily drive it? Or is it only goes out when it's hooked up to a trailer? Uh, well, I have a um, company service van, so that's basically my daily driver. So the truck, I mean, I've had it for just under two years. I've only put 7,000 miles on it. So oh it's basically God. my vehicle and my weekend warrior. Okay. <laughs> I love that. All right. All right. Good. Good. So th- this this is what I would say is one of those great examples of a single-purpose truck. Yeah, you might drive it on the weekend here and there, but it sounds like, for the most part, this truck drives hooked up to a trailer. And that makes it nice because we can hone in some of our recommendations just around that and help save you some money on some things that maybe you won't need, right? Um, yep. Hey, we all want more power. We all want more horsepower. We want more torque. That stuff's really cool. Um but, but I like the the highlight here of really thinking about reliability, right? Like I need something that I can put the family in, hook up a 32-foot camper, and, and go on vacation and not ever have to worry about the truck. Exactly. Okay, I dig that. Uh, it's also nice to hear stock. That, that's something that somebody's been hiding away uh, and not letting anybody young touch it and drive it and upgrade it. That gives us a good platform to start from. But as you noticed with the head gaskets, just because it's stock doesn't mean that everything's in good shape. So before we ever get started too far, I like to remind guys the truck needs a T to B, top to bottom, front to back, bumper to bumper, full on inspection. That should include checking all of your hoses, checking your clamps, checking your boots, checking your fuel lines, your brake lines. That should include opening up the diff and looking inside it. How, how bad's the fluid? You know, what are we dealing with here? Um, that should include everything to, to really go through and bring that truck up to like a good solid health check. Of course, always critical before and after every upgrade that touches the charged air system. We always recommend a boost test. There is no boost testing your truck too often. <laughs> we tell guys to do it a minimum of once every oil change. Um, but if you're the guy who does it on every fill up, I'm not mad at you either. So the new stealth boost tester kits are out. You definitely could grab one of those. Those are a real popular way to do it. There's some cheap solutions out there too. If you want to get crafty with PVC and a regulator, you could figure it out. Um, so that, that that's a good idea to start there since reliability is your highest concern. Guys in these trucks talk about overheating. One of the ways to avoid overheating is taking a look at your intercooler pipes and intercooler. Uh, you, most drivers in your situation probably just doing hot side and cold side intercooler pipe is enough. But I believe you had mentioned this truck has over 200,000 miles. Intercoolers. Yeah, it's uh, 239 right now. 239. Okay. I don't care what anybody tells you about how they had a million-mile Dodge or a million-mile Duramax intercoolers from the engineers were not designed to run a million miles. They, they get holes in them. They get chips in them. They, get, they, they have problems. So while you're boost testing, don't be surprised if at some point in your life with this truck, you're looking at an intercooler upgrade. 
to me, I would do the intercooler, the intercooler pipes and be done with it. Uh, it's really tough um, to get an inspection on like the bellows. So your up pipes, uh, the bellows on the up pipes, it's another classic spot. The trucks, you know, 16 years old, 15 years old, um, having problems with the bellows, is, is it happens, right? Uh, I'm not going to hit on the EGR. If your EGR is working, I'm going to tell you to leave it alone. It is the first generation of the EGR introduced to the Duramax. It's probably not working properly. It's probably gummed up. Uh, I, I am a emissions-equipped uh, fan uh, by force, uh, but but still, I, I do believe in it. Uh, but there is some realities out there that that's something that you're going to want to put some attention to and just make sure you don't have any gumming up, make sure you don't have any massive underlying problems within your EGR system. There is a potential somebody slipped a blocker plate in there already, and you don't even know it. So knowing what's going on in that in that area of the truck is a really, really good idea. For what well, your shop that did the hits, uh, when they did it all apart, he said the EGR actually looked pretty clean. Two score. Um, so I'm, every fill-up, I've been running diesel clean in it. Uh, my friend did it. He has a uh, power stroke. And he said anytime he pulls his EGR off, it's nice and clean. So I've been uh, utilizing his advice for some stuff. He's a six-liter guy. <laughs> hey, still diesel, right? That's better better than a, yep, a ricer, so, so I'll take it. Yep. Um, maybe just a step above a ricer. Uh, no, just joking. Six liter guys. Um, all right. So, so that, that kind of handles your like full on inspection of things you want to look for that are, are potentially problematic. Your transmission is the next area that I would keep, keep a real close eye on failures. Um, these five speed transmissions, so, so I don't know how much we've talked about this in the show. I'm trying to think back. So, so you're, your five-speed and your six-speed Allison Duramax transmission are functionally have the same amount of clutches in them. Uh, they're simply applied in different ways to create different gears. So that's why, like, in 06, they rolled out a six-speed, but it's really valve body and transmission tuning is the difference. So if you do okay. do long trips with the truck, something like a six-speed conversion kit, we offer one at Duramax Tuner. There's other guys out there as well. Um if you, if you look at a six-speed conversion kit and you're doing a lot of highway driving, like especially I would imagine if you're doing like rural Connecticut, you're doing a lot of two-lane highways, That's those are the guys who are going to see the biggest benefits. You, you get up into into like 70, 75 miles an hour, there's still some gains to be had, uh, but the really dramatic, big, big blockbuster gains are the guys who are doing like two-lane highways. Um, but that, that C3 clutch it gets engaged more than any other clutch pack. And that's generally the clutch pack that we see fail. So the clutches inside the transmission start pressing too hard against each other. They create slippage, they overheat, they get burnt up. um, And and then you're in limp mode. So we're not going to talk about building the truck for a high horsepower application. It's like maybe something like, I, I could give you the reference at Duramax tuner. We offer like a DT 550. It's essentially built for a towing trans. Um, that would be a really good option for you to consider, right? So a DT550, okay. I don't think it's something you have to, like, rush out. Oh, no, I can't hook up to the trailer till I do this. But it is one of those that, like, hey, as you start to save up money and you're earmarking your next upgrade, the, the transmission is something you want to put on the list. Um, some more affordable options that you could do sooner than later is, like, those trucks do benefit from an intake. So if you're still running the stock intake, I would suggest, like, an S&B intake or any other intake with a dry filter. It's a no-brainer. 
Uh, you already have the mouthpiece, so you're really good there. That's a huge help on that front. And then as I start to think about reliability, I always want to talk about a, a lift pump, right? So the idea of travel prevents you from saying, I always get fuel at the same station. If you're building the truck to go on vacation with, you're going to be filling up at a lot of different places. You're not always yeah. going to be able to pick and choose and say, oh, I only get shell, right? Like that's just that's not always a choice. So a lift pump's going to help just- out. Go ahead. Yeah, I actually just listened to um, the lift pump episode uh, a couple of weeks ago, and <laughs> before I always thought the lift pump was for like high performance and all that. And then after listening to it, I'm like, I need a lift now. I I love talking to somebody who who's listened to the older episodes because it's honestly been so long since we did that show that I didn't even totally remember we had done it. So yeah, that's awesome. Um, so yeah, so a lift pump great for reliability really really strongly recommend taking a look at that you we like the fast um so you're going to get the air water separator you're going to get the additional filtration and you're going to get good supply that'll help keep your cp3 happy cp3 is another one of those it's an expensive one comparatively but it is a potential on a two hundred and forty thousand mile truck Again, within your life of owning the truck, I wouldn't be shocked if you had to go in and replace your CP3. If I was doing that, of course, me, I would grab a Sportsman Exergy CP3. I would not coach you into a 10 mil. I would not coach you into a dual pump. It, it's it's not what you need, right? Yeah. So from there, man, you're pretty simple. Uh, what you need on this truck is tuning. So, so that's going to be your biggest gains that you could do today. That's going to make another night and day difference. You're going to feel like you just went from a gas to a diesel all over again. Uh, With the diesel tuning, even though this is a single purpose truck where I would say like you really only need the heavy tow tune, right? And that'd save you a couple hundred bucks by doing just a single tune. However, you're going to drive the truck when it's unloaded. Like most people will take their camper out, unhook the camper. Hey, you're going to have to go get dinner. Like you said, you're going to drive it on the weekend. There's going to be some times that you want to turn up the power to just be a cruising tune. And for these trucks, we set them around 80 horsepower over stock. Um, 80 horsepower over stocks, plenty. If, if you're a reasonable adult driver, you can still totally be safe on your stock transmission with that. Uh, and that that's going to be your best kind of mix of both worlds. Yes, you'll have a okay. race tune available through the DSP5 switch. I would not recommend you use it in your situation. For all of you other younger, dumber listeners out there like myself, or older, dumber listeners (laughs) like myself, I should say, uh, we will all use the race tune, and that is why we will all end up having to buy built transmissions. So that's fine. That's just You go into it knowing that, right? Yep. Uh, And then, let's see, uh, there's a few other things you could do, like traction bars. I know you want to keep it looking stock, but if you're pulling that big of a trailer and you are hitting some grades, you're probably almost definitely getting axle wrap. So a set of WC Fab traction bars would be a really nice addition to help just kind of lock that back axle in place. Keep, Keep a lot of that. It'll help with how the truck feels while towing, right? It will be a little bit stiffer when you're driving unloaded. Not so much that I personally would complain about it. Other than that, okay. man, that's you're pretty much in the clear. Of... Right. Yeah, uh, that's, that's all good. Definitely appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. I, I think this is a truck that we would be really excited to hear back from you as you go along upgrading it. So maybe as the next time that you do either look at a tuner or a lift pump or, or an intake, which I think are probably your top three options to kind of what's your next upgrade. Uh, we'd love to get an email back from you, and we'll we'll keep our listeners up to date and kind of let them know what the hell Alan Sherwood is up to. All right. 
Um, now, would you commend the lift pump before the tuner or not really matter? I would do the tuner first because you're always going to get the most bang for your buck out of tuning. Um, and I am wildly obsessed with what's the return of my investment. The lift pump is going to be something that you will see a benefit over the lifetime of the truck, but you're not going to put it on and go, oh, my God, I love my truck again. Like, that's not it, – it, it will help, but yeah. it's not going to be as noticeable, right? Um, so yeah. personally, if I was looking at, like, one or the other, I would do tuning first. But that's just me. Okay. Yeah, I was looking at the um, spade tuners on the Max tuner website. Yeah, man, absolutely. I I, I I don't want to get too far into a product plug, so I'll I'll let one of our sales guys reach out to you and talk to you about like Duramax tuner specific options. Clearly, I think the okay. Spade Jack is is the best match for you. You have a stock transmission truck. The EFI Live tunes are specifically built for your truck. You're going to have five purpose built tunes to where like you'll be able to choose optimized stock, also what I call the wife tune. Um, and then you have like a heavy toe, a light toe, a sport econ, and like I mentioned before, a race. You'll be able to select all of those through a five-position rotary dial. It's really, really simple to do. It, it's a no-brainer on the install. It is my personal opinion, and I think a lot of customers would agree, it is by far the best custom tuning available for your truck. So, uh, again, I'll have one of the guys in the shop follow up and get you, like, pricing details and shipping, all that stuff. Uh, but just in general... I would say any custom diesel tuner is going to be your best option is, is your next upgrade. Again, personally, of course, I recommend the Spade. Awesome. Thank you very much. No problem, man. Any other questions about your truck or where you should go from here? Uh, no, it's definitely a good starting point and uh, see what the uh, future holds. Cool. Well, Alan, I am so excited to hear back from you after after you see some results from taking some of these next steps. Listeners, uh, stick with us. We are about to kick over to a conversation with our super tech, Jeremy Garnett. Uh, we have some really cool L5P project that we're going to talk about this week. So, guys, if you're wondering what this new segment is with Jeremy, he is our super tech here at Duramax Tuner, where we do have a full-service shop. Uh, Jeremy Garnett, how the hell are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing great, man. Uh, Jeremy, you are going to be joining us on a more regular basis. I'm going to try for every week. Uh, we're going to have you come onto the show and talk to our listeners about one of the trucks that you work on in the shop. Okay. You, you got a lot to pick from here, because I see you out there, and I never see you leaning against a broom, which... Makes me think you probably are working. Uh, sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> so, Jeremy, hit us with it. What is the truck we're talking about today? Uh, actually, we have two this week. Uh, we have two L5Ps that came in, and we did uh, Whirly bundle kits on both trucks, uh, 19 and a 20. And just really fun, easy project. And <laughs> <laughs> I, lo I love you say easy project. How many hours were you guys out there on those? Uh, it was about six hours, seven hours a piece. Okay. That's a, that's a, that's a good day, yeah. right? That's, oh, yeah, definitely. You know, you're going to do that in an oil change and call it a wrap, right? Yeah. <laughs> so. All right. So so we got a, a, is it a 19 and a 20? Yeah, is that we right? A, yep. We had a 19 and a 20. Um, now, when you say the Whirly Bundle Kit, let's just run our listeners through that a little mm -hmm. bit. Because um, he, he has the fully missions equipped bundle kit now yep. that goes, matches really really well with the duramax tuner emissions equipped tuning uh can you give me just a, a quick overview what's all in that bundle kit uh well on the 20 we did uh both high and low intercooler pipes uh both side pipes and then we did the air induction pipe and the intake horn nice uh we also did the uh upper radiator hose pipe on that truck plus a set of traction bars 
love that. Um, the other truck just got both pipes and the top radiator pipe, sorry. Okay. And the, a set of traction bars. Nice, um, nice. So, but they actually, they picked some really cool colors uh, and really neat. Turned out fabulous. I, I do love, I, I feel like you you start looking for the parts like that, like mm-hmm. like the intercooler pipes, because you're like, oh, I understand that my diesel engine is an air pump, and the more air I can move through it, the more efficiently, the better my truck will run. And then all of a sudden you're shopping, you're like, ooh, custom colors. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's what we, we focus right. on. But they are functional parts. Oh, yeah. Um, now, six to seven hours on each truck. Yep. Yeah, we had both of us, uh, me and Mike, uh, we both picked a truck, and... I helped him with certain periods of both, you know, his truck as well as doing my truck. And uh, I did the 20 while he did the 19 and we, mine was a little bit more involved and then his was uh, just a little less product. But. The, the super tech took on the tough job and then Mike, <laughs> I'm not saying this is that. all we're going to label Mike as is Mike. No, I'm he not saying on. it like that. It's, <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, I welded the traction bars on and stuff like that just because I have a little bit more experience and time. Sure, sure. So. I got you there. Okay. Um, were there any, like, weird – I can't think of any specialty tools you would have needed for this job. It was pretty much just all normal hand tools and, yeah. and bolt-ons for the for the air hammer. Yeah, just – yeah, exactly. Uh, just basic hand tools. Um, I like to use electric air ratchets and stuff. But um, the 20, you know, you just – it's a lot more work to get to the ECM than the 19 because they changed the location. So – um, it actually kind of made it easier to do the hot side intercooler pipe because you had to take the ECM out. Now, on the 20s, you guys are tearing the fender wall out, if I remember correctly, that right? That is correct, yep. Yeah, is, yeah. That, is that the hardest part? Is that the big – I, sh- I don't want to say hardest part of the job. Is that the biggest pain in the ass in the job? Yes and no, but uh, I'd say more yes just because the 20 and the new L5P, it's that – that inner fender is just a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I get it, man. I get it. Uh, were there any other parts of the job that were like, uh, this is, I could see where a newbie would get caught or, or somebody might have a problem doing this at home? Um, yeah, actually. Uh, just make sure um, they make these quick connects. Uh, Whirly's kit has a double O-ring uh, connection, you know, where just got to make sure it's clicked on because I almost caught myself when I was boots testing it. Oh, really? Yeah. So, it, it you know, it actually backed off a little bit because I didn't have it fully seated. Okay. Okay, so, good. Yeah, just make sure it's fully seated and nice and good. I mean, if you have to tug on it a little bit, tug on it. Tug. Yep. That's just good advice all around, man. If you need to tug on it, just tug on it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, Jeremy, uh, what is some advice you want to give to somebody who's maybe new to wrenching out there and just starting to look at upgrading their L5P? Can you think in L5Ps in general – What's just a good piece of advice for someone new to it? Um, well, this is just a good piece of advice in general. When you're doing these kits or you're doing any type of kit, leave the bubble wrap on it until you're done. <laughs> and once it's installed, then take the bubble wrap off to see what the colors look like. My mind is blowing as you're saying this. It yeah. makes so much sense. Yeah. It makes because you you spend it, it's not it's not the money for powder coating. It's the time. Yeah. It's how long it takes to get your your part custom color powder coated as opposed to just buying the one off the shelf so so you want it you clearly want it and you want it to be very nice what a genius move to not remove i don't know if i could do it it's great advice right but not i don't know if i'm gonna do that but i love it no it's it's a must (laughs) (laughs) 
you're gonna pay that much money you don't want to scratch it <laughs> i like it i like it jeremy thank you so much for joining us today man uh i know our listeners are going to love this segment guys if there's a job you want to know more about or questions you have for a mechanic why don't you post them on fans of diesel performance podcast facebook group because i think that's a great idea All right. Well, that, that's always good to hear from Jeremy, you know, seeing what he has going on in his day to day. He sees a lot of crazy stuff. Yeah. Good, bad and ugly. Right. <laughs> um, what I also like, you know, with our new uh, knowledge base <laughs> um, segue segment, rather, uh, we'll kick it over to Sean Lynn. Hey, I'm Sean Lynn from Duramax Tuner. Today's knowledge base article is DSP5 switch troubleshooting. There is a noticeable difference between Tune 1 and Tune 5. If you do not notice a difference, it could be due to the pins not being seated all the way in the harness, pins in the wrong hole, or the switch is faulty. Here are the troubleshooting steps. Troubleshooting videos can be found on our website at www.duramaxtuner.com. Items required are DSP5 switch, spade, V2, and an ohms meter. Step one is to verify that your DSP-5 switch is working. Turn your key to the run position. Truck can also be running. Step two, plug the spade into your truck using the OBD cable. Step three, select scan tool and hit OK. Step four, choose select PIDs and hit OK. Step five, Toggle down to your truck's model. Examples are CMB for the 060759, CMC 07.5 to 09 for the 67, LB7 AL5, LLY AL5, LBZ AL6, LMM AL6, E86 for the LML, and hit OK. Step 6. Toggle down to display data and hit OK. Step 7. Toggle down through the PIDs to find the DSP-5 tune or E35 DSP-5 display. Step 8. Make sure the DSP number switches when you move your rotary selector. Step 9. If the DSP number does not switch, check your connections in the ECM harness. Step 10, if the DSP-5 switch is hooked up properly and you are still getting nowhere, switching, perform an ohms test on the switch. Step 11, hold or tape each end of your ohms meter to the pins at each end of the DSP-5 wires. Step 12, place your ohms meter to any of the resistance settings under the resistance selection. Step 13, turn your DSP-5 switch through the five positions and you should see a change in resistance. Step 14, if you do not see a change in resistance, please contact us so we can resolve your issue. All right, guys, uh, that's everything we have for you today. It's I really just want to say thank you to everybody and all your participation. We do really enjoy uh, getting to interact with you, and we love making the show for you. For today, this has been Paul Wilson. And Chris Emke. Thanks for listening. 
Hey, listen, if you get into a fight with the wife, feel free to blame us on the podcast. I have no problem with that. 